0: This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.
1: I'm Martin Strong, and coming up, we'll talk heart health and how you can take a proactive approach to your heart and get ahead of a heart attack. We'll be talking to the folks at HeartFit Clinic here on Vancouver Consumer. But first, here's some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. Are your family and friends watching Netflix across the country all using your password? Well, not for long. Netflix Canada is rolling out its long-anticipated plans to crack down on password sharing. The streaming platform dropped the news on Wednesday. They want to limit the use of a single account to just one household. You'll soon have to pay an extra $7.99 to keep any profile belonging to someone living away from that one primary address. And that has particularly stressed out students in university, uh, frequent travelers, as well as friend groups and families sharing an account. The basic and ad-supported plans will not be able to add more members at all. The news has not gone over well with Netflix users across the country. Many subscribers went to social media to complain and declare they were canceling their Netflix accounts altogether. Lots of new jobs are being predicted in B.C., according to a provincial labor market outlook. But the report says more than half of the 1 million jobs expected to be available over the next decade will be in healthcare, technology, retail, construction, and education. It says nearly two thirds of the job openings will be due to retirements and the rest will be due to economic growth. Well, nearly 80 percent of those jobs will require some level of post-secondary education or training. Post-secondary education minister Selina Robinson says the province plans to introduce programs and initiatives to make sure people have the skills and supports that they need to take advantage of the openings. Robinson says there are currently more job vacancies than there are people to fill them, and the businesses say their biggest challenge is a shortage of workers. Microsoft's nearly $69 billion deal to buy video game company Activision Blizzard has hit a new hurdle in the UK. Britain's antitrust watchdog says the deal will stifle competition and hurt gamers. The deal faces opposition from rival Sony and a lot of pushback from regulators worldwide. Because it would give Microsoft control of a lot of big and very popular game franchises like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and of course, Candy Crush. The Super Bowl is tomorrow, kickoff 3:30 our time, as the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Kansas City Chiefs at the State Farm Stadium in Arizona. And it's a big time for people to get together, the Super Bowl. One poll from the US shows that of the people who are watching the game. of those asked are planning to throw a party at their home. 12% are planning to go to a party at someone else's house. And 3% plan to watch the game in a bar. 72% will watch with just themselves or their families. Either way, the numbers of viewers are huge. The NFL says last year, about 208 million people watched the game. And that's why advertisers will pay huge money to air their ads during the big game, both because of all the viewers, but also because it's live. So you can't fast forward through the commercial breaks because nowadays everybody fast forwards. So the price for advertisers keeps going up. Reports say that buying the time to air a 30 second spot on TV during tomorrow's game will have cost some advertisers up to $7 million each. And then there's the halftime show. Uh, it's also a big part of the spectacle at the Super Bowl. This year, it's Rihanna. She hasn't toured or released an album since 2016. In 2019, she actually turned down the halftime show gig because she said there were things within the NFL she could not support. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And coming up, it's all about keeping your heart healthy. We'll talk to Diamond Fernandez from the HeartFit Clinic next. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the
0: guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.
1: Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and it's the Super Bowl weekend, not the time you should be worrying about your heart. But if you take some steps, you don't have to. We are learning more and more about heart health and what causes heart disease and heart attacks. And with me now is someone who is at the leading edge of this. And he believes many of the things we've come to believe about heart attacks and overall heart health are sometimes misguided or in some cases just plain wrong. Diamond Fernandez is the founder of the HeartFit Clinic, one of the world's premier cardiac rehab and heart attack and stroke prevention centers, providing cardiovascular assessments and heart disease treatments. You can go to heartfit.ca to find out uh, more about that. They have a location in Burnaby, 1126 Douglas Road in Burnaby. And Diamond Fernandez is with us. Hi, Diamond. How are you?
2: I'm doing very well. Thank you. Yeah, Super Bowl weekend, so it's always exciting, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. And it's also uh, Valentine's Day on Tuesday. So so more uh, emphasis on the heart.
2: (laughs) And more importantly, it is Heart month, right? You know, this is a a month of love and uh, the heart is the most important thing. Right. So absolutely.
1: Yeah. Something we don't think about enough. Um, And let's start with just generally about heart disease. It's something we hear uh, the term all the time, heart disease. And it's it's a big concern for a lot of people. Um, Tell me, so break down what is heart disease and what causes it?
2: So, um, you know, what causes heart disease, I can talk a lot about. And, and, uh, you know, what is heart disease? Let me me start off with that, because... Most people think of heart disease as a plumbing problem where cholesterol accumulates to this pipe and you have a, a last piece of nachos and cheese and you end up with a heart attack from Super Bowl. And it, right. it doesn't happen that way. So I'm going to explain that a lot. I'm going to go through, I think, five important uh, steps that you must know when it comes to preventing and reversing heart disease. So I'll do that today. Right. But heart disease, you know, it can either be an artery issue most people think of it like a pipe, but it's not, it's a muscle. And then it could be also an electrical issue, right? It could be something where uh, we have electrical imbalances, such as premature ventricular contractions, or premature atrial contractions, or what we call supraventricular tachycardia, or what's most common out there is atrial fibrillation. And I think, you know, Mario Lemieux is one of the ones that had atrial fibrillation as as a, a famous athlete and how he coped with it. So, uh, you know, he had to, of course, end his career a little bit earlier than he wanted to. I'm sure he would have kept going if he could. But uh, mm. anyway, that's an electrical uh, concern. And then there's uh, the structural issues. There's there's valves. There's um, there's chambers that can get enlarged. So we're most concerned in that case of heart failure. So those are the the three things when we talk, uh, or three pillars when we talk about heart disease. So that's what heart disease is. It's either it's either an artery concern. It's either an electrical concern or it's, um, or it's a structural concern. And those are the things that we look at at the HeartFit Clinic. While it's important that there's some things that you can get done at your doctor's office, um, sometimes they miss a gap, especially when it comes to finding out, well, why do you have that? And what can you do to, more importantly, reverse it? And those are the things that we get into at the HeartFit Clinic as we provide heart assessments and treatments that bridge a gap in the healthcare system to help people prevent or reverse heart disease.
1: Yeah, and it's important to to mention that that it's a it's something that you, you the Hartford Clinic is something you use alongside your family doctor.
2: Of course, yeah, we, we bridge a gap between them and help them, you know, uh, or and help you more importantly. Like we see people who want to be empowered, you know, they're an empowered patient, meaning they want to take control. Of their heart health and and just don't leave it in the hands of anybody. Now, there are important things that you can get done at your doctor's level, and there's important things that we get at our level. You just want to bridge that gap on that side of things and 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 more importantly, help you prevent or reverse that heart attack or stroke.
1: And the website is heartfit.ca. Uh, they're in Burnaby, eleven twenty six, Douglas Road. And you can also give them a call, 604-330-4348. So you've basically laid it out, the five things that uh, people need to know about heart disease. So what's the number one thing that people need to know about heart disease? Well,
2: I won't put it in any order, but yeah. I think it's very important to understand these steps. And so, um, so let's talk about number one. I think, what does your gut health have to do with your heart health? And I think that's an important thing because uh, how we reverse disease, of course, a lot of it has to do with what we put inside of our mouth, right? Whether you're obviously on the path of a heart attack or stroke or, or not. We get so many people in here that have had a heart attack or stroke and they're completely healthy and you hear about it all the time, especially with uh, the Super Bowl weekend and all that. We hear, you know, the tomorrow uh, you, you know, he had he, he drops from a heart event, right? It can happen to people, right? And that's the thing, is it can happen to healthy people. It can happen to unhealthy people. But it's different to understand, well, why is that the case? And your gut health has a lot to do with it. So your gut microbiome is something that can affect your heart. When you have inflammation in your gut health, it could also mean that you could have inflammation in your artery health. And so these metabolites that get produced by um, good microbiome, can reduce the buildup of of uh, the process of plaque happening inside the artery wall, and I'll go through that in a moment on the next step.
1: Right. <clears throat> yeah, so And, and yeah. yeah. Um, sorry. And um, just for people, uh, we hear the phrase "gut health" a lot, and uh, it's it's basically like it's one of the reasons why they say if you have an infection in your gums, for example, in your mouth, that that can Absolutely. kind of affect affect your heart. So it's about the probiotics in your stomach, right?
2: Of course. It's about what you put in your mouth to what the health of your mouth looks like to right to what the health of your, uh, your gut looks like. I mean, a lot of people, when you go see your dentist and if you're bleeding in your mouth, when you get your, your checkup done, that's not a good sign, but some dentists just attribute it to what it is, but it's actually a big marker for heart disease, right? So and then when we get into the gut health side of things, ninety percent of diseases start in your digestive tract. So, and heart disease is not excluded from that. And so, the, when we talk about the gut microbiome and what it does, it helps so many different things. It helps convert cholesterol particle sizes. It helps the metabolism of good foods. Um, and, you know, people say, "Well, I just I stay away from red red meat and I and I have plant based foods. That's great." that might be good for you, but it may not be good for you. You can't just generalize people's nutrition. And that's where, you know, if you try and generalize people, that's where, um, you know, our healthcare system is good at generalizing. When you come to the HeartFit clinic, we get to personalize you. And so I, I tell people you can eat meat all the time. And then I tell some people you can eat meat. It depends on what your gut health is showing us so that you can help understand what's going on from that perspective. Because at the end of the day, the common thread between all these diets that work or don't work is your fruits and vegetables, right? And, and I always say this all the time, and I say it in my book, is that if anything has to advertise to you, stay away from it. That's my number one
1: rule. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if so, you're constantly being pressured to buy or eat something, there's, there's a chance it might not be good for you.
2: So and I know people are going to ask me, so what can you do to help with your gut health? And what are things that you can do to help improve or have a positive impact on your on your gut health? And so I'll just go through some quick points as to what you can do. But it's important to have fiber-rich foods. And uh, where the most fiber is is in fruits and vegetables and legumes. And that's where you're going to have that fuel to have a, a beneficial uh, gut health on that side of things. So that's going to be important. Uh, probiotic-rich foods, uh, and this could be. Um, you know, for some people, yogurt or kimchi or uh, fermented foods. Those are really powerful to help improve the bacteria health. Uh, prebiotic-rich foods are very good. Um, these are things like, um, like garlic and onions and, and asparagus. These are really good uh, prebiotic-rich foods. And then having healthy fats. You know, uh, most people, and hopefully we're still not stuck in that old age, of people think that fats are bad. It's not true. Fats are really good for you, and you want to have healthy oils, to be able to help improve that. And so, um, you know, extra virgin olive oil is really powerful. Omega-3 oils are really powerful, and and, uh, foods such as avocados and nuts and seeds. Now, this is just generalizing everything, but to to get more personalized, this is where we get to the HeartFit Clinic to go a little bit more in depth with what's happening with your gut microbiome, because every body is different, so yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So gut health is uh, one of the five things that we need to know about uh, heart disease. And before we go to the break, let's go to number two. And uh, what's the number two thing people need to know?
2: So I think number two is uh, medications are really good for you and they are really bad for you. And uh, so there's obviously when we have these medications and these studies come out, It's, again, trying to generalize as many people as possible to see what we can do to help them. But when they are prescribed, they have to be for a good enough reason. The risk should outweigh the benefits. And any medication that you are prescribed will make you deficient in anywhere between two and eight micronutrients. And these micronutrients are important for biochemical pathways to help an artery wall or to help other things, such as other biochemical pathways that can lead to... Um, anxiety or depression or or maybe you're not losing weight appropriately. So medications become very important. So it's important to understand the benefits of medications and medications the top two I'm going to talk about here is um, aspirin and cholesterol lowering pills and now the data shows that taking an aspirin a day is not going to be outweighing the risks of what uh, aspirin can do. So if you've had a heart event or a heart attack You know it's a little bit better but if you've not had a heart attack and you're just popping aspirin to make sure you don't have one i would rather you carry aspirin in your pocket and chew it in the event that you do feel chest pain or or are having a heart attack and that's where aspirin is powerful but taking it on a preventative basis now the research shows is that it's not a benefit and the reason why is because it thins the blood and it can lead to bleeding. And more importantly, as we just talked about in the, in the last part, is this can hurt or damage the gut microbiome. Any medication does. But aspirin does it really bad because it thins the blood. So now aspirin is something that we do not recommend. And there are other things that we can talk about at the Fit Clinic that go through that side of things as well. But then, mm-hmm. there's, this, the, then there's the statin. And, and people think that, okay, well, I'm taking a cholesterol lowering pill so I can have those Cheesy nachos at Super Bowl time. Well, you know, it's fine to do that once in a while. But just because you're taking a statin doesn't mean it's a, it's a uh, uh, you know, a protective or a shield shield you from heart diseases because you're lowering your cholesterol. Cholesterol comes in different sizes. It comes in small and large. And I talk about it all the time. And I'll get into it in the next point on that side of things. But when you're taking a statin, you're lowering the good parts of cholesterol as well. And you need that part. So if you've never had a heart attack and you're lowering your cholesterol and you think that's going to be uh, life-saving for you, the chances are it's not. And the studies show that. When you take a statin on a preventative basis, you're kind of minimizing your risk of, you know, under 1%-ish in that range there. And that's not good odds. Like, you know, I, I would prefer not to play those odds with that. So medications should have, they have benefits and they have risk. And the important thing is to make sure that the risk um, sorry, the benefits outweigh the risk when you're taking a
1: medication. Right. We're we're talking to Diamond Fernandez from the HeartFit Clinic. He's the founder, and uh, you can find them at HeartFit.ca. You can pay them a visit at 1126 Douglas Road in Burnaby, go in for a consultation, or give them a call 604-330-4348. And we're talking about the top five things you need to know about heart disease and we will continue with more uh, when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is
0: a paid commercial
1: program. Unless
0: otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of
1: CKNW. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and uh, with me this afternoon, Diamond Fernandez, the founder of Heart Fit Clinic. He's also the author of the book Beating Heart Disease. You can find out everything that uh, HeartFit Clinic is all about by going online, heartfit.ca. They're on Douglas Road in Burnaby. And you can also also give them a call, 604-330-4348. And uh, Diamond, we've been talking about the top five things that you need to know about heart disease in no particular order. But number one was gut health. We were talking about uh, the probiotics and the inflammation uh, that can happen if you don't have good gut health, and that plays a crucial role uh, in your heart health. And the second thing was medications and how they can affect, I guess, gut health, but other things as well. Um, so, so let's continue with number three on the the th- the five things you need to know about heart disease.
2: Yeah, I'll, ha- I'll I'll leave a little cliffhanger to that one in a second, but I want to come back to the gut health quickly. Is is that when you talk about the gut health many people have acid reflux and when you're taking uh medications to or or anything like that to lower acid reflux those are things that can damage the lining of the artery wall so i wanted to add that one in there it's super important because we talked about gut health and then medications and that was another one that i wanted to add in before the break as well so anyway, yeah, that's, there's prob- that's, uh, probably that's
1: probably uh, probably a lot of people who take those drugs, and that might be worth uh, a consultation yeah. at the HeartFit Clinic to to talk to you Absolutely. about you know whether it's yeah, helping. if you're or taking, hurting.
2: yeah, if you're taking a cholesterol lowering pill, if you're taking an aspirin, if you're taking a proton pump inhibitor, like something to help with acid reflux or your stomach, you know, this is worth a conversation at the HeartFit Clinic to see what it can do and help you out from that part. But let's jump into number three. So yeah. uh, n- number three is cholesterol does not cause heart disease. And people think that, okay, you know, I, I just stay away from cholesterol with foods or I, I take a, a cholesterol-lowering pill, so I'm okay. No, no, cholesterol does not cause heart disease. And I'm gonna go, I, I always like to come back to this study. There was 137,000 people in this study, huge study. And in this study, these people were admitted in the hospital with coronary artery disease. So they're in the hospital with artery disease. of them had normal, bad cholesterol. Wow. Yeah. 83% of people had normal, bad cholesterol. It's not about cholesterol. People think that cholesterol accumulates to this pipe and you have a last cheeseburger and fries and you end up with a heart attack. It's not the case. Cholesterol, the way artery disease happens, and and this is where I'll, I'll go into the next phase of it as well in my point four, but... Inside the artery wall, it's all skin, right? If you take your thumb and finger together and you make the AOK okay sign, that's what the inside of the artery looks like. It's all skin. <clears throat> the first thing is something has to damage that lining of the skin. And when it gets damaged, it opens up like a tennis net-like structure. And if you have bad cholesterol, the bad cholesterol comes in different sizes. They come in small golf balls or large tennis balls. It's the small golf balls that can sliver through the tennis net lining and start to build up inside the lining of the artery wall like a pimple would on your face. So cholesterol is not what causes heart disease. It's understanding those small particles. In fact, cholesterol is is innocent. It's floating around in the bloodstream doing nothing. Or, or it's actually quite important. I shouldn't say do nothing. That's, that's wrong. I'll take that back. It's got some important, cholesterol is very important for for brain function, for hormone function, for, for, uh, you know, for sexual function. All these things are very, very important. So cholesterol is very, very important. But it's floating around your bloodstream as an innocent bystander that ends up getting used up in a negative way when you have inflammation to the artery wall or when you, something has damaged the lining of the artery wall. Now, the smaller particles might get produced more in your liver and start to sliver into the lining of the artery wall, and it goes through a plaque-building process inside the lining of the artery wall. So this is where cholesterol is something that it does not cause heart disease. It's something that's important to understand. And this is why if we lower cholesterol, you know, we don't see that much difference in terms of, of, of effects when it comes to reversing a disease process right? Uh, Like now there are drugs that you can even take where you can inject into your body and you can lower your cholesterol quite substantially, but it yields not the quite substantial effect when it comes to preventing a heart attack or stroke. So yeah, cholesterol does not cause heart disease.
1: A lot of nuance when it comes to cholesterol, which sometimes we don't hear when we talk to, uh, when we hear reports in the media, it's all about, oh, cholesterol is bad.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, and and no disrespect to, uh, you know, there are businesses out there that uh, pharmaceuticals that are trying to promote their, their, their drugs. And when you look at that, that's where the, it came from, you know, back in the seventies, we opened up an artery that had artery disease in it. And we found two things, cholesterol and fat. And we found, you know, that if you, then that's where the diet fad came into play, right? In the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, like stay away from cholesterol, stay away from fat, it's bad for you. And then we're seeing more heart disease than ever, and we're wondering, okay, what's that? That's not the problem. It's, it's something else, right? So cholesterol and fat is not what causes heart disease. And so it's the same idea, about understanding that. And so what we found, obviously then the medication, uh, you know, the, the pharmaceutical industry came out and said, well, if we lower just this one portion of cholesterol, we can start to see reduction in heart rate disease. And it was so minimal, but that's where the push was from, is from a pharmaceutical side of things to lower cholesterol. You don't necessarily need to lower cholesterol, and there's a time and place for that, and that's where it's an individual consultation to personalize what's going on, what you have to do to prevent and reverse heart disease, and that's the important part.
1: And and that's why it's uh, a good idea for a visit to the HeartFit Clinic, heartfit.ca. People can go in for a uh, free consultation and they're at Douglas Road in Burnaby. Go to heartfit.ca to find out everything you need to know. The phone number is 604-330-4348. And we're going through the five things that you need to know about heart disease. We've been through gut health and how that affects the health of your heart, how medications affect the health of your heart, and then cholesterol. And now what's the the fourth uh, thing you need to know about heart disease?
2: Yeah, number four is it's not a plumbing problem. And that heart stents and bypass surgeries is not a cure. And this is where I could probably speak the whole, you know, an hour and a half on this stuff. But I'm going to try and keep it simple. Inside the artery wall, I talked about it with cholesterol, it's all skin. And if we know that, if you begin, you put your thumb and finger together, that's what the artery looks like. It's all skin, right? And your thumb and finger together making a circle, that, that's what, it's all skin. And that can get damaged. And then when cholesterol comes into play is when you have those small particles that can sliver into the lining of the artery wall. At the Hartford Clinic, we look at those particle sizes. And then lastly, it's understanding the immune response. You basically have these miss Pac-Mans that are floating around, ready to eat up all those small particles that go into the lining of the artery wall. And it builds up like a pimple would on your face. Right? Everyone's had that pimple on your face before, am I right? Sure. Yeah. And so... And what's worse is they have a pimple on your face and it pops on your face. That's never exciting to have or see. And I hate to get graphic. But (laughs) if it pops inside the lining of an artery wall, there's your heart attack. There's your stroke. And so this is where it is very, very important to put in a heart stent or do bypass surgery because you're in an emergency situation. But here's where the problem happens is that a lot of times we're following an archaic model. Let me talk about the archaic model. The archaic model is, oh, I'm having pain or I wanna see where my risk is of a heart attack. I'm a busy executive. I'm very, very important. I wanna, get, I wanna go see a cardiologist. Great, cardiologist does a stress test. And the stress test, we end up finding a plumbing problem. We're like, oh, we gotta go investigate a little bit more. So let's do another test. And it involves a lot of radiation and radioactive dyes And that could be a myocardial perfusion scan or a thallium scan or a MIBI scan, also known as. And now we've injected a dye and see where the plumbing problem is. And now we found the plumbing problem. So now we send you to the hospital. And we send you to the hospital to do the angiogram. And, you know, you might be, uh, you know, a a very important person, an executive, and you're like, oh, I got in right away and I got to do an angiogram and see where the plumbing problem is. And now they found the plumbing problem. And now... um, they shouldn't be doing this, but the old days they would put in a stent or do bypass surgery. And now there's the trials that are showing that this is not the best way to treat that disease process because inside the artery walls all skin. So I'm gonna talk about this and make the listeners really understand this because the arteries are not a pipe, they're a muscle. They have to expand Mm -hmm. and contract. If you don't believe me, you can feel it with the pulse. You know, that's not your heart beating, that's your artery expanding and contracting. You can see on your radial pulse or the neck pulse or you can feel the heart, uh, the artery expanding and contracting in different spots in your body where the arteries come close to the surface of the skin. Now these arteries have to expand and contract and when we put in a stent or when we do bypass surgery, it's of no benefit for someone with stable artery disease. Now there's a difference here. If you're Mm -hmm. unstable that's a heart attack or a stroke. I need you to go to the hospital as quick as possible to get that stent or bypass surgery. But if you Mm -hmm. have stable disease, which I just talked about, where you go to your doctor and you find the plumbing problem, you don't necessarily want to do that anymore. The trials show that if you do a stent or a bypass surgery, it doesn't make you live longer. And that's thinking of the artery like a plumbing problem. What's better and we can take a step further at that. the HeartFit Clinic, we get to grow new arteries. We get to improve the artery health, the artery function, and we get to reverse that disease process. And that's what we do at the HeartFit Clinic. So understanding that heart stents and bypasses are not a cure because it's about knowing that these arteries are a muscle, not a pipe, and that it's not a plumbing problem.
1: And heartfit.ca is the place to go. We've got one minute left. So uh, the last thing on the top five things is genetics. So I guess it's just important to know if, if it's in the family, it's something you should think about, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, something is very important, and I'll keep this quick. I know we have, uh, I, I could talk all day long about genetics too. But with genetics, if we go to the hospital and we see all the people that have heart disease, it only accounts for 5 to 10% of those people. But where I talk about genetics is understanding cardiogenomics, who your parents are, what happens to you. Think about them as light switches, because that means that lifestyle is playing an important role when it comes to cardiovascular disease. And so this is where it's important to understand your genetic makeup to see what you are prone to and what medications you might even benefit from or not benefit from. So this is where we're all made up differently and we can't generalize everybody. We have to personalize people's heart health understanding what they can do from a medication perspective to supplements to nutrition to to even exercise what is the best exercise for one person might not be the best for everybody so it's about not trying to generalize but to get personalized to see what is the best thing for that person
1: and i think that's a a great way to leave it because uh, at the heart fit clinic they don't generalize they look at you as an individual and uh, they find out exactly what you need to uh, make sure you have a healthy heart. Well, thank you, Diamond. It's always great to talk to you. Diamond Fernandez, the founder of the HeartFit Clinic. Uh, We'll talk to you soon.
2: Excellent. Happy Heart Month.
1: Yeah, happy Heart Month. HeartFit.ca is the place to go. And the phone number is 604-330-4348. And coming up on Vancouver Consumer, do you think prices are just too dang high in the lower mainland? Well, you might be right. But if you look back into the history of Vancouver, things really haven't changed much. That's when we return on Vancouver Consumer right after this.
0: This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.
1: Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. The high cost of living is at the top of the list of things people complain about living in Canada, especially in the Lower Mainland. A current concern is the high price of Groceries. Members of Parliament in Ottawa have held another profiteering inquiry this past Monday, and they're a little miffed that not one of the CEOs of Canada's big grocery store chains showed up to publicly defend their companies. The big grocery stores do have a lot to answer for, especially since only five big companies account for roughly 80% of all the grocery sales in Canada. Alistair McGregor is the NDP Member of Parliament from Vancouver Island, who helped launch the Profiteering Inquiry late last year, and he was also offended at the previous hearing they had in December, when Loblaws and Empire, which is the parent company of Sobeys, opted to send lower-ranked executives from the companies instead of the CEOs themselves. The Retail Council of Canada, a lobby group that represents the grocers, said the original invitations didn't ask for the CEOs. But after that December hearing, McGregor asked the committee to reissue invitations to Loblaw, Empire, and Metro, this time specifically requesting that the CEOs show up. But not one CEO showed up last week. McGregor rattled off the various scandals That are connected to Canada's big grocers, including allegations of bread, uh, bread price fixing. Uh, The government is also pressuring the industry to create a new watchdog to stop these large retail chains from bullying farmers and food processors. And the Competition Bureau has launched a study into the fact that there are just a few big corporations controlling most of our grocery stores and whether or not that's leading to higher inflation. So the high cost of living here in the Lower Mainland feels like a modern problem, but it's not so modern. Let's go back to this day, February 11th, 1912. That's 111 years ago. That was the day former Vancouver alderman James White from 1912, announced his intention to form a special committee to investigate the high cost of living in Vancouver. He talked about the unreasonable amount of profit that is being made by both wholesalers and retailers. And he'd been looking at this issue for quite some time. White had a simple message back in 1912. He said that Vancouver needs to be a city where, quote, a man of average means and income may live and enjoy life and bank a small percentage of his wages if he is of thrifty disposition. Sound familiar? Except today, they might have added the word woman to that sentence. Uh, It was uh, 1912, though. Uh, And how about this quote from James White about Vancouver? He said, quote, The average man of family desires most of all a home he may call his own, but how may he accomplish such ambition when the cost of living is so high and it takes all he earns to feed, clothe, and care for his family? That was 111 years ago. So think about that. The next time someone is criticizing you for spending all your money on avocado toast and telling you that's why you don't own a home yet. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up on Vancouver Consumer, it's the consumer news headlines from the past week, including a story about where our clothes come from. Can we be sure that child labor has nothing to do with it? Because right now we can't. That story and more when Vancouver Consumer continues.